Amen. I want to thank all of you again for all of the, uh, Lauren and I are very thankful and grateful. Appreciate your kind words, all the gifts, the cards, a special day Sunday. Uh, so I just never get used to that. Uh, be honest, very uncomfortable with it. But uh, Brother Don uh, sent me a message uh, there this few days ago and said, I'm glad we have a giving church, and we certainly do that. And so I want to thank you so very much. And, uh, it means the world to us. And, and uh, again, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Appreciate all the kind words, all of it. And uh, way too much. You individually did way too much. You did too much as a church. And so I'm very appreciative. And so is Miss Laura. We always enjoy uh, going home in the evening and reading the cards and all the kind things, and I appreciate you very, very much. Um, would you open your precious Bible to the book of Colossians tonight? And I want to kind of continue to add on to some things that I had said on Sunday morning, uh, a little different. Um, when I was talking about, I was kind of doing it in a jestful way, a jesting way, but we want to try to get to know people. We want people to feel welcome here. And uh, I think the way we communicate with people is so very important. I love what Brother Ballinger said. It's kind of funny because I thought it's exactly what I'm going to preach on. He said we were trying to teach people to be able to articulate the gospel and the word of God and the work of God. And so we can... Um, rightfully articulate and share, um, I think, in the most effective way. And, you know, I'll say the best thing is to be real, amen? Just be real. Believe in what you know and what you believe and uh, passion. You know, tears talk. And, uh, but I want to I deal with uh, salty speech tonight. Salty speech. And uh, I want you to look, and it's kind of funny because as I was preparing for this message, my wife and I was kind of texting back and forth, and actually it was kind of funny. We were picking around with salt, and I'm going to be fixing uh, the uh, I'm going to be fixing the meal tomorrow. Her family's driving in, and so uh, nonetheless, y'all pray about all that. I'm going to be fixing for her mom and dad and her sister and brother-in-law. Amen. If they don't like deer, they can go somewhere else. Amen. But they'll like it. How many of y'all know what a rutabaga is? Rutabaga? All right. Well, I got rutabagas in this. In this uh, and if you ever heard of a Hanover? It's the same. They call them Hanovers in West Virginia. See, y'all are just learning all kinds of things tonight. Hanovers. How have you ever heard of a Hanover? Yeah, just West Virginia people raise their hand. Because you know why? Rutabagas are only called Hanovers in Virginia and West Virginia. I bet y'all didn't know that. I didn't know that until I looked it up on Google. It's amazing what you can find out on Google. But anyway, I say all that because salt. I was talking about salt earlier today, and I was actually preparing for this message. But I want you to notice in Colossians chapter 4, and I want you to look at verse number 1. Now, he's closing up this epistle. The Apostle Paul is closing up this epistle, and he's wrote it, of course, to the church at Colossae. And... Uh, we know that these letters were generated because at the end of this epistle, he tells them to make sure that they read uh, the one from Laodicea. And uh, 
But there's something here that I want to, as I was reading up, now he's, he's ending the letter, so, you know, I don't know about you, but like when you write a letter, you, you try to maybe hit a few things there at the end. You're trying to tack some stuff down. Well, he's trying to tack some things down as he's getting ready to close up this letter. Look at verse 4. The Bible says, verse 1 of chapter 4, verse 1, Colossians 4. Masters given to your servants that was just just and equal, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So that's a very practical piece of tidbit of just fair instruction. Be be fair, be 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 thoughtful. Um, but then really he goes on the next three or four verses here. He really wants to get a point across. And that's what I want to deal with tonight. Notice in verse 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Look at verse 3. Here's what he wants you to pray for, Colossae. With all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance. What's that? To speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Notice verse 4. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Now this is all dealing with the same subject. Notice he's trying to, he's trying to focus in on something here. Verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. Redeeming the time. Here it is again. Let your speech... Be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Now there's a lot right there. But there's no doubt there is a point that he's definitely trying to get across from chapter 4, verse 2, all the way through verse 6. And then he just, you know, tightens up some things, mentions some people as he closes out the letter. But it seemed like to me, the whole end of this letter, to me, he wants to bring out a principle that I think is so vital. I touched on it Sunday morning. As I was talking about, or maybe it was Sunday night, you know, when uh, people come, when visitors come in the building. It's very important that we speak wisely to them. It's vital how we speak to them how we ask them questions, how we answer them, how we talk with them, how important and how vital that is. Now, we know that's, that's just practical, but the, the context of this passage is Paul, look at his request in verse 2, and it's for verse 4. Verse 2, he says, I want you to continue in prayer, watching the same with thanksgiving. Why? Here's what he's asking in verse 3, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Look at verse 4. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So here's what he's asking this church to pray, to pray specifically for him is to be able when he to get an opportunity to speak, but then when he gets the opportunity to speak, to speak as he should. That's so important. Now we all fail, but I believe this is a vital Vital importance. I think it's vital request. And I think that's something that really all of us should realize. Now notice verse 5. It says that are without. That simply means people that are lost. So in context of this passage, he's specifically talking about 
Pray for him that he gets a door of utterance that he'll be able to speak to lost people. But then when he gets the opportunity to speak with them, he will speak and talk as he should and would be pleasing to the Lord. And then we know from verse 6, he wants his voice or his speech to be seasoned with salt and that he would be able to answer a question as he should. That's pretty important. So in context of the passage, he's asking for the saints of Colossae to pray for him to give him the door of utterance to be able to share the gospel, the work, and the will of God to other people, but also that he will do it in the right way. And I want every Christian here to know tonight, this ought to be a prayer for all of us. And I'm going to ask just like the Apostle Paul, I'm going to ask you to pray for me that I'll get the opportunity, and I do get opportunities, obviously, often, but I'm going to ask you as the Apostle Paul, and I do not think it would be vain to do that because he's asking the church at Colossae to pray for him. I'm asking you to pray for me, to give me utterance, give me opportunity, but then to speak as I should. Now, if it's not vain for Paul to ask that, and he thinks it's important to ask this church to help him to speak as he should, I think that ought to be the prayer of every Christian here tonight. That ought to be vital to all of us. Now I must mention we need to pray and also be concerned how we speak inside this building to people and more importantly outside this building, the lost. But I think the context, I believe... The application could be for both. We know the context is he's saying, look, pray that I have utterance, but then when I get the opportunity, help me. Basically, here's what he's asking for, to have wisdom, to speak, and his speech be seasoned with salt. Now, we're going to look at all of this, but I'm just laying the foundation. He's asking for a door of opportunity. Now, when I think about this, I, I believe that we definitely, the context of this is in the outside to the lost. Because the Bible says to them that are without. He's going to be giving the gospel to people that are, that are lost. Now, we have to tell people the truth. But the Bible says we are to adorn the gospel. We are to adorn the truth. Do you know that one of the ways that we can adorn the truth is by our spirit, our attitude, and our speech? There's no doubt about it. And I think that's something that I believe is extremely important. Now... Also, not over outside, and we're going to talk about that mostly, but I want to make a little bit of application again, talk about a little bit more of what I dealt with on Sunday. Let's talk about in application of if Paul's wanting to be able to have opportunity of utterance to speak to people that are lost, that are without, and for him to speak the mysteries of God. Also, he says, I want to be able to speak as I should. I think the application of that would mean also for all of us, and no matter where we are, I think this will be a vital principle to follow. Would all of y'all agree? Now, so when we're here, here's the opportunity. People are coming to this building. We open it up. And we welcome everybody here. Actually, out on our sign, it says, all visitors welcome. And they are. So when they come in here, they're here in our, they're our turf, so to speak. Our building. This is our family. They're visitors. Some people might know some people here, but sometimes people walk through those doors, they don't know a soul. Now, I'm very thankful. I think we have a friendly church, don't you? I do. 
Do we have a nosy church? I don't know. I guess there's nosy people. Somebody say amen. But this is not the place to be nosy. And what I mean by that is, in time we can figure all that out, but I believe this principle is just as important when people come into the store and we have an opportunity to utter to them. I believe that their first impression of us is important. No doubt about it. I believe even as we greet people, the way we talk to people, the way we ask people questions, the way we try to get to know someone, I think it ought to be seasoned with salt. I think it ought to have these principles in it. We're going to talk about them a little bit more. But I want to ask you a question. I know there has been times that people, and by the way, I know we live in a world where people get offended really, really easy. It seems like it's easier. People get easily offended today than they used to. But there's no doubt, I know that there has been people, I know that there has been people, many people that have left the church building and never came back to that family or to that fellowship because something the preacher said made them mad. How many of y'all know that's true? Would you say, man, well, you need to say it. Because it happens. Now, it's not because we want to. And by the way, there's times we fail, we're human, and Sometimes things don't always come out right. I believe that's why the Apostle Paul said, look, pray for me that I would be able to speak as I ought to. I think that's important. I think it's extremely important. But most people say, well, I tell you what, they just didn't like the preaching. Well, that's true. There's been some people that's never darkened the door of a church because they didn't like a preacher or they didn't like what the preacher said. Maybe here's the good old-fashioned one that I've heard a thousand times. And by the way, I don't hardly ever preach on money, but it's amazing. That's all I heard for years. I don't go down to that church because all they ever preach on is money. Well, they can't say that here. Is it mentioned? Sure, it's mentioned in the Bible. But I want you to know, I know that can be offensive to people. But here's the thing. If the Bible teaches it, we need to teach it. If the Bible instructs on it, we need to instruct on it. If it's truth, we need to give the truth. But I do believe it's important the way we utter the truth. I believe it's important the way we speak as we should. Now, I also know that not only has people, uh, by the way, I know this is true. I was thankful for this, and I hope that it's true. There was a couple that was uh, listening to another uh, online uh, uh, service. They were listening, and they came to us. I didn't say anything. They came to us and said, hey, just wanted you to know, we were listening to an online service and we were listening every night and that church was preaching on the same message as you were. It was right after COVID and I was preaching through the book of Revelation and this person was preaching through the book of Revelation. And I didn't say this, but, but the man in our church came up to me and said, I just want to thank you and I'm thankful for our church because he said the same messages are being preached, but he said, I feel so much more comfortable inviting a church a visitor here than I would there. I want you to think about that. Both things are being said. I believe truth needs to be preached, but I do believe, and by the way, I failed in this area too, but I do believe that we ought to speak as God would have us to speak. Amen? Now, I do know that people have left because they have been offended by maybe something the preacher said, but I'm not going to be ugly with you tonight, but I also know that there has been people that's left churches because what people have said. I do. I know that there have been people that's asked visitors questions that they have no business asking. I know there has been people that have made statements to people that 
haven't been here long and they'll make statements to them, to be quite honest with you, they have no business saying. We got to be very careful. I believe that's why Paul said we need to be, I'm asking you to help me to get the utterance to speak of the gospel, but then when I get the opportunity to speak as I ought to. Now, something that I'm learning, and I know some of you are saying, well, you haven't learned it yet, and I'm saying it mainly in my family. I'm trying to learn to be quiet. God help me. But I promise you I am trying to exercise that more. I really am. I am trying to exercise that more. Because I believe this principle is if I cannot utter as I should, the best thing for me to do is to be quiet. Amen. And I believe that'd be all of us something we could practice. But And by the way, I'm not saying I've gotten there yet. I'm, I'm trying. I really am. And it is something that I'm, I am working on because I've been very quiet about certain some situations. And I just believe I have to trust the Lord in all of that. And I need to let him lead and guide. And I think the least, the less I say, the better. I think sometimes seasoned conversation is none at all. And so we need to understand, why didn't so-and-so come back? Well, I think it's important. Now, let's try to check all this stuff off that we possibly can. What I mean by that is, is if we take this little bit of instruction from Paul, we're praying that God will give us an opportunity to speak to lost people. If lost people come to us in this building, God gives us a door of utterance. And so let's pray and ask God to give us the wisdom to speak to them as we should. So how would be some of these things? What would they look like? Well, verse 6, I believe, gives us all the instruction that we need. I want you to notice, number one, I want you to notice verse 6. Let your speech be always with grace. Here's the first one. Are you all ready? Our speech should be caring. Now, I want to say this to you. People don't really know. They don't care what you know. They really don't. I I mean, we are so full of people who want to tell everybody what they know. But you know what? Really, people don't care what you know until they know you care. They really don't. And I'm going to be honest with you. If I know somebody cares, they got my ear. They, they have my ear. Now, they might talk to me a little rough, but if I know they care, they've got my ear. Because I know they care. <laughs> Caring, loving, the motive. That's exactly, so look, it needs to be seasoned with grace. It needs to be grace. Our speech, our speech needs to be with grace. Why? Because I care for that person. Aren't you glad God's given us grace? Why is he giving me grace? Because he loves me. He cares about me. He's concerned about me. And so he cares. Hey, if we speak with grace, if we speak as caring as our motivation, love and care, listen to me, it's powerful. It's powerful. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to be a little personal here. I, nor, I, you know, I've not done a lot of weddings, but this one here Saturday is going to be, I'm praying and asking God to help me because I do not want to be emotional through the whole thing. I'm just being honest with you. I don't want to be. Now, I know I'm human and I'm probably going to be a little bit, but I'm going to be honest with you. I sat down and I did my own personal charge to Kaylee and Josh. By the way, they're $100 a piece. <laughs> Is 
And she said, well, I'm not paying it. $100 a piece. I wrote my, and I'm going to be, I'm just, just going to tell y'all, I'm going to go ahead and just say, I was bawling like a baby. So I called Laura up. I was like, here, I'm going to, and i to say it. I was like, I'm trying to say it right now so I don't do that at the wedding. But you know why I got all the most, I'm going to be honest with you, because I love her. Those words, I wanted to pick the exact words that I felt in my heart and I wanted them to be caring. Why? Because I believe when you speak with grace, it's powerful. Tears talk. There's a language in tears. And I want you to know, he says we ought to speak with grace. Again, if people know you care, if they know you're concerned, if they know that your speech is coming from a loving heart, a caring heart, a, a heart motivated by care, then look, listen to me, especially if they're lost, especially if they're without, if they're lost and they know that you're, you're burdened over them and you're caring, you know, that's why uh, this um, one, two, three, like you need to hurry up and get saved. That stuff don't work. Listen to me. I've learned through the years, boy, when God, the Holy Spirit of God, starts to work in people's heart and life. Why? Because I believe God starts breaking them down to realize that He loves and cares for them. He's giving them. He's extending them grace. So listen, we need to be very caring. Our, our whole motivation of speaking to someone, we ought to care. By the way, man, I'm going to be honest. If a visitor walks in this door, I care about them. I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know what brought them here. But I've learned this in 26 years of ministry. Normally, normally, if someone comes walking in these doors, something's happened in their life. Something. Something's happened, tendered them up. Something's happened. Hey, we had two young ladies come in yesterday, this past Sunday, and they told Mrs. Edgy and Brother Edgy, say, look, and I'm just telling you, they said, we need to be in church. And, and I'm going to use their language. One of the young ladies says, we, I'm just going to tell you, we need to get right with God. That's what she said. Now, these were two young teenage girls, and they had to work, so they had to leave early, but they got here to come to Sunday school in a little part of the service, then they had to leave to go to work. Now, something I don't know, but I just know this. Something has happened in those young people's lives. Something has happened in those young people's lives to make them have a desire to come here. And we need to be wise and understand and be caring and thoughtful about people. Something. God has used something to bring them here. Now, God help me to speak with care to them. It's powerful. Look, we don't want to be judgmental, not with our speech. We don't want to come across as holier than thou or pharisaical. Y'all have all been around people like that. We don't want to be that way. And by the way, I'm glad we don't have a church like that. Amen? Amen. We're not going to be judgmental, holier than I don't like looks like that. Y'all like, can I ask y'all a question? What if your daughter walked into church and some lady or man looked at your daughter like that? Would y'all like that? There ain't one person here like that. So we certainly wouldn't do that to somebody else. But by the way, I've, I've been in a place like that before. Seen it. Hey, and no, how do we speak to them? With grace. 
Grace. Why? Because God's given us grace. If it was your child, my child, think about this. Let's say, I'm going to use Kaylee. Let's say Kaylee gets out and gets out of the will of God and starts going out in the world. And something happens in her life and she, had, she ends up coming to a church. I'm going to tell you all, I'm going to be praying. I'm going to say, boy, would you use everybody in there? Would you use everybody there? Would you let her come across every person in that church that's going to encourage her, that's going to speak to her, that's going to make her feel welcome? Here's the way we ought to view everyone that walks in that door like they're our child and how we would want somebody to talk to them. With grace. With grace. That's what Paul's saying. He said our speech should be carried. So listen, that's, I think that's a good view. Let's think that everybody that walks through those doors is like our children or our grandchildren. How would we want someone to speak to our grandchildren or our child if they came into a church? That's how we look at it. We're going to speak to them with grace. Our speech should be carried with verse 6 with grace. Number 2, our speech should be kind. Here's what the word means, seasoned. Seasoned with salt. How many of y'all like salt? How many of y'all like a lot of salt on your food? See, I don't. I don't put any salt on my food. Whatever's in it's what's in there. I don't ever dash salt on it. But, I, but salt's a preservative. Salt's good. Salt um, preserves. Here's what I believe. It really denotes uh, being stable. So again, we're talking about talking, and I even gave this lesson, salty speech. Our speech should be kind. It should be seasoned. It should be preserving. It should be stable. Here it is. Y'all ready? It should be appropriate. If you season something, it's just, just right. Mm, man, that's just right. That's perfect. Now, I'm going to tell y'all, tomorrow I'm going to fix a front shoulder venison roast. On the bone, front shoulder, the whole front shoulder on the bone. And y'all don't, if y'all get to mouths watered, it's okay. Yeah, 5 o'clock. And I'm going to have onions in there. I'm going to hit it real good with some pepper. I'm going to hit it real good with some other seasoning. I got some, uh, some apricot uh, seasoning I'm going to put on it. I'm going to put a little bit of two-step on there. Uh, I'm going to put some other stuff on there. And then I'm going to put some carrots in there. I'm going to put some big old whole mushrooms in there. And then I'm going to cut them rutabagas up. Put them in there. I'm going to cut some potatoes up. I'm going to put them in there. And then I'm going to put a little bit of beef stock down in the bottom. I'm going to put a little bit of garlic in there. And I'm going to cover that thing with some aluminum foil. And I'm going to put that thing in the oven. It's going to roast for about seven and a half hours at 275 slow and low. Or low and slow. And I'm going to tell you all, if you could smell, which some in our house will be able to, it will be smelling good all day long. You're going to be able to smell it. Because why? It's going to be seasoned perfect. It's going to be appropriate. Amen? And when you season something exactly right, especially your speech, it is appropriate for the time or the event. Now here's where I believe Paul is trying to get us to understand. He said your, your speech 
should be seasoned with salt. In other words, it ought to be appropriate and wise. For instance, can I give y'all an example? I will be honest with you. I will speak to you different than I will a lost person. Do you understand me? Let's say that I have a deacon's meeting and I'm sitting in my office and my deacons are sitting across from me in a chair. Now I'm, gonna, I'm supposed to speak with seasoned salt. It ought to be appropriate, but I want to be honest with you. I'm sitting on a level with a group of men that's been in the ministry a long time and they have a spiritual mindset about things. So my speech is probably going to be a little more open, a little bit more... Uh, Meaty, maybe a little bit more just straightforward because I'm dealing with someone that can take the meat. Somebody say amen. But if I'm going to speak as I ought to, if I'm going to be dealing with a lost person or someone that don't know maybe, hadn't been in the ministry for 20 years, then I'm not going to unload the whole book of Revelation on them. I'm going to be appropriate with my speech. I'm going to take little baby steps with them. I'm going to help them. We don't just cram meat down a baby's mouth. No. What do we do? We work them up. We feed them baby food and then we move them up to maybe a potato. Then we move them up. It's the same principle. It's seasoned. It's appropriate. For instance, as visitors continue to keep coming to the church, hey, we can start filling that out and we can start getting a little closer, building those relationships and I think that's season. See what I'm saying? We're being wise. I think this is so very important today. I really do. I really do. I think it's so very. It's always kind. It's season. But it would be determining on the different circumstances. Sometimes you might require more salt. By the way, if you notice, I'm not putting any salt on the roast tomorrow. If somebody wants salt on it, they can do it when they get to their plate. But I'm going to have enough, I think, flavoring in there to be appropriate. But then there's going to be something else that maybe Laura's going to cook and it requires a little bit more salt. So she's going to be appropriately adding more. See what I'm saying? There are some circumstances in our speech that we need to season it with salt. Sometimes it needs to be a little heavier. Sometimes it needs to be a little lighter. Y'all got me? And we need to ask God to help us and give us wisdom to speak as we ought to the audience that we have. For instance, I'm going to speak to a lost man different than I am you. Especially the Wednesday night crowd. I'm going to speak to, and by the way, y'all notice, now look, I preach the same about every service, but I try to make our Sunday morning services a little bit more evangelistic because we usually have more visitors on Sunday morning, and so I give more meat on Sunday night and Wednesday night. Would y'all agree? Why? I'm not saying I'm perfect. I have a lot of work to do, but I've learned you try to season things. You want to speak as you ought. Subject matter. Sometimes a Sunday morning message. Sometimes I feel led to do it. It just depends on the circumstance. But we have to ask God, as Paul said here, Lord, you need to give me utterance, but when you do, help me to speak as I ought to. It needs to be salty speech. See, always, but here, by the way, whether I'm talking to a lost man or whether I'm talking to a Christian, it should always come out of a motive of care, speaking with grace, and it should always be kind. Kind. Now, let me say, 
I wish I could say to you that my speech has always been kind. And I wish I could tell you that my speech has always been caring. But we all know that that's not true. And to be fair, we all know that everyone sitting in this building today, you know that's not true about you either. And to be fair, Paul knew it was not true about him either. That's why he was asking them to pray for him that when God gave him utterance, that God would help him to speak as he ought. And this ought to be a prayer of all of us. And by the way, this is a message when you're in front of somebody that you know is a visitor or someone that's lost or a co-worker, a thought like this ought to come to mind and say, right there at that moment, you ought to say, Lord, help me right now. I understand that I have an opportunity to share Christ with them or to talk about my church to them or to give them my testimony. And we ought to stop and say, Lord, help me to speak as you ought want me to do and help me to speak seasoned with salt. Help me to say exactly what you want me to say and to stay away from the things you want me to stay away from. Very important. How many of you ever know somebody getting offended because of what somebody said? Now we're not going to stop it, but we can certainly help it. If someone gets mad because you tell them the truth, you ought to do it the best way you know how, but I've learned this through my life. Most people don't get mad by the how I said it, it's what I said. That's what most preachers they get mad at. I could say it as kind and with a tear in my eye and I've made people mad. I'll never forget, I was talking to a young couple in my office at Greystone and this young lady, she was coming to church, she was doing so good, but her husband was lost. I knew he was lost. And so we were talking and, and she was wanting him so bad to come to church with her and to get involved and just to get in. And I said, well, you know, the first thing that needs to happen is he needs to get saved. God's about to work in his heart. He's about to trust the Lord. She said, well, will you talk to us? I said, I'd be happy to. So they came in her office. Was you there? I can't remember, babe. Was you in there? And uh, they came in my office and I was sitting there talking to them. And I'll never forget it. I talked to them for a good little while and... And I said, and we were just shared. And I said to that young man, I said, listen, I said, there's no doubt this woman loves you and you love her. But I said, can I tell you, and I can't remember his exact name, but I said, can I just help you with something? I said, if you would trust the Lord, and I said, and get to know him and he become your father, you repent of your sin and trust Christ your Savior. I said, you'll be able to love her even more than like you should. And boy, he looked at me, so you telling me I don't love my wife. I said, oh, no, no, no. I said, I'm not saying that you, you don't love your wife. I said, it's obvious that you love one. But what I'm saying is God is love. Until you know him, you'll never be able to love her like God wants you. And buddy, he got mad and stormed out of there. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, I've thought, of my, I've thought of that a thousand times since then. Is that something I should have stayed away from? But to be fair, I thought the way I said it and how I said it, it was kind. I was very, very compassionate. Man, I meant it from my heart. You still got mad. So what I'm trying to help you with, you can be saying it right, you can say it with the right spirit, you can say it caring, you can say it kind, but the Bible says that people are offended by the truth. So we have to understand that and not get discouraged. That our speech should be caring, our speech should be kind, but can I say this, our speech should be purposeful. And I'm going to close. When we share, because here's what the Bible says. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. Here it is, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Boy, this is important. Brother Ballinger said it here earlier when he was talking about helping the folks. How to say, when you go out and witness people, you're articulating the truth, you go get questions. It's important how you answer them. 
Well, I don't know. That's why I'm a preacher. I don't know. Let me go ask my preacher. I don't know. No, 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 no. Listen. Listen here. You ought to know what you believe and why you believe it and be able to articulate it. By the way, I said this somewhere. Everybody has a story. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, I can't witness. Yes, you can. You know how easy it is to witness? Here it is. Everybody's got a story. You tell people what you were before you met Jesus. You tell them how you met Jesus. And then the last thing is you tell them what Jesus means to you and a change he's made in your life after you met him. That, everybody's got that story. And by the way, that relates to everybody. When you go to talking to people about, hey, I want you to know, man, before I got saved, I, I didn't have any hope, I didn't have any purpose, and I was just wandering through life. But boy, when I met Jesus, boy, I met Jesus when I went to church, and boy, I got under conviction, and boy, I met Jesus. The Holy Spirit of God started convicting me, and I knew my life was empty without Him. And boy, I tell you what, I trusted Jesus as my Savior. And I want you to know, ever since I got saved, I've never been the same. I, don't, I have purpose now and I have a reason to live. And oh, that promise that he gave that Jesus Christ came to give life and to give it more abundantly. Oh, I want you to know it's true. See, everybody can relate to that. Everybody can witness. Everybody has a story to tell. No, the problem is we don't want to tell it. But we can tell it. And if we do tell it, we ought to have an answer for every person. So when we share, how you ought to answer every man. When you're asked... We ought to be able, when we speak, we ought to have a purpose. For instance, <laughs> it was so funny. The other day, Laura asked me a question. I, and I do this all the time. I run all the way around that thing. And she finally looked at me. She said, okay. She said, so, as we go back to the beginning, what would you do? And I'm like, oh, babe, I'm sorry. And I just, y'all ever do that? Or am I the only one? I got sidetracked. And, man, I was running all over the place. And she's like, okay, Mark, well, that's great. But you didn't answer my question. Here's the question again. We ought to be able to answer the question. We ought to know. God, we ought to ask the Lord, Lord, help me. And here's what he's saying, basically, to know how to answer them. Here it is. Y'all ready? Wisdom. Where do we get wisdom from? How is our words salty? How can we have words that are wise? How can we know how to answer people? Y'all ready? Any of you that lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That's a quick, simple prayer that we ought to be praying Every day. And to be quite honest with you, more than every day, many times a day, depending on the situation that we're in. And by the way, you never know when something might pop in your life and you've got to say, ooh, what do I do here? Lord, please help me. Now, I, I'm going to tell you this. There has been some times I've done it better than others, but from time to time, you don't know what kind of thing you're going to have come to, to a door or to a desk of a pastor. From day to day, it could be various. And by the way, you could be doing a podcast and 15 minutes later somebody's coming in your door and dropping a heavy, I mean heavy stuff, like, Pastor, I don't know what to do. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't either. Are y'all with me? I don't either. But I need to get in a habit of saying before, and really we ought to be prompted more than just once a day, but we ought to say, Lord, I need your wisdom today. I need your wisdom. If something pops up, is that something we ask? Lord, I need your wisdom. Lord, I need your wisdom. Let's say a mother and a father are dealing with a child. Boy, God help us here. I failed in this way many times. But instead, instead of just starting to talk to that child, Lord, I need wisdom here. 
please help me with my speech. Help me. Give me wisdom. Help me to speak a seasoned soul. Help me. Help me. See, the very thought that we're stopping to ask him is at least going to know, Lord, I'm, I'm putting some, I want to do right by my speech here. It's different than saying, well, I'll tell you right now, I just felt it, so I said it. Probably not quite what we're looking for. But you know what? We've all done it. And God help us. Here, Paul, man, Paul, the great missionary Paul said, please pray for me, church of Colossae, that when I'll get an opportunity to speak of the mystery of the gospel of God, but when I do, pray that I will be able to speak as I ought to. And then he gave the principle to us. When you speak, speak seasoned salt, as seasoned as salt. Speak with grace. See, not only did he say, Lord, help me, but he makes it a teaching moment to the church. He said, now listen, if I'm interested in my speech, so should you. How many of y'all think we ought to be interested in our speech too? Let's stand to our feet. Let's ask God to help us to be the right kind of articulators of the gospel. Speakers, talkers, communicators. How many here tonight, you were going through maybe a difficult time in your life? Or maybe you weren't going through a difficult time, you just live it. And, but you know, you know that God put somebody in your life that they spoke to you and you know they cared. You know, you know they cared. I mean, it was so very evident that they cared. And their care and concern for you broke down your heart, softens you up. How many of you know it's a time like that? I do, boy, I do. I pray God will give us many moments like that. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight. We want to thank you for your many blessings. Lord, I pray as the Apostle Paul prayed, Lord, I pray you'll help us, give us utterance, give us opportunity. Lord, we'll have opportunity. Lord, I pray when we have the opportunity, you'll help us to speak as the oracles of God. You'll help us to speak with grace. You'll help us to be seasoned with salt. And Lord, give us wisdom to be able to answer that would be pleasing to thee. I pray you'll help use our speech. I know we've all failed you, but Lord, I'm asking you tonight to help me. Lord, I'm asking you to help me to use my speech to adorn the gospel to adorn the Christian life. Lord, I pray it will not be something that repulses. Lord, I know that's been that way before in my life, so I pray you'll help me. Help our church, give us wisdom as we come in contact with lost people every day and as we have opportunity to meet new friends and visitors here. I pray you'll help us and give us wisdom. Give us salty speech. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen, and all God's people say it.